Well, Kurt, we want to welcome uh, Jim Cole, who's the director of the men's division with us this morning. Uh, Jim, we're glad to have you with us. It's my pleasure to be here. Jim, how long have you worked at the, at the Haven, and were you always in the position of uh, director of men's division? Well, I started at the Haven 17 years ago in the maintenance department. Yeah, and I've been full-time. That was in college. I've been full-time for 14 years, uh, and I've been in the men's division for those 14 and I've only been in the role I'm in now for the last seven years. Prior to that, I worked in the men's day room with the guests that came in off the street. Well, you know, Jim, obviously the men's division, uh, always a lot going on in that department. Kurt, you used to be a director. I, yes, I was to do. a director. Yep. Uh, and so a lot of changes going on uh, with the programs that you guys uh, are you're involved with, Jim. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of the changes that are going on, uh, maybe on the resident side first, and then we'll talk a little bit about the, the emergency shelter. Sure. So it's become very prominent in the news and all kinds of media outlets uh, in regards to the effect that the opiate crisis has had in Ohio, in our country, uh, and definitely in our area. Um, families, churches, schools, uh, it's just very widespread and it's very well known at this point. Uh, we, we started seeing it probably around seven or eight years ago, a little before uh, it hit to the degree that the public knew. And we, we were noticing some things about our program at that point that have caused us to evaluate and bring some things up to current. So one of the things we noticed right away was our program got a lot younger. There were a lot of young men coming into Haven of Rest seeking help, and most of them were struggling with some kind of an opiate addiction, whether it be heroin or pills or uh, any number of other things. Mm -hmm. That led to us making the program larger at the time. So there was a, what you're implying here is an increased uh, demand or yes. request for yes. for the services. Yeah, if you would go back 15 years ago, our program had 18 people on mm -hmm. it. We grew that to 23. Then we, over the course of the last seven or eight years, we grew it a couple more times, and now we're at 29. Uh, and so some other things happened that we began to notice as our program was growing. The... Not only are the issues people are bringing through the door a little different, but there are also some other changes in the background of the people, being that historically we, we usually were a Christ-centered program and we teach, you know, we use that as, a, as our basis for everything grows out of that. But we could kind of assume or take for granted that people would know some of the stories of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So maybe you reference them and somebody would understand where you were your starting point. Mm -hmm. That really isn't the case anymore. Over the last, these last several years as the program has grown, what we've seen over and over is that the vast majority of our guests now have never been in church ever. Mm -hmm. So we're really starting at the beginning. And so some of the things that we added to our program, in addition to the transformational aspect, which is our life application Bible study, we added a whole new class called Roots of Faith, which was really to establish... Um, what is the Bible? What, and, and we tell it through the stories of the Bible. So you go through 50 lessons in the Old Testament, 50 lessons in the New, and it's an opportunity to set that baseline for folks. So as we begin to expand how um, the gospel transforms your life, they have that starting point so they understand when we're referencing a story here or there. You're really just setting the groundwork for their faith. So Let me interrupt just for sure. a second. When you're talking about the stats or the age of the men, and you probably weren't here, Jim, when um, 
uh, Reverend Thomas was uh, mentioning this in a lot of his talks and tours and things. But you probably remember this, Jeff. I remember him saying in early days there was a certain age uh, range that was pretty standard. Uh, Might have been, I, I want to say, it was uh, late 50s and mm-hmm. 60s, uh, men in that uh, age range. And <clears throat> people at one time had been on Skid Row. I mean, you talk about how society changes and things. Um, but then back in the, I want to say the 80s, early 90s, there, there was talk about what we were seeing as compared to the early days of the Haven Arrest, which was men now younger, and I forget what the age range uh, was. Uh, it's interesting, though, that you mentioned the um, religious training, if you want to call it that, or upbringing, because uh, I, I know in the 80s, 90s, we're seeing that people had less uh, tradition um, with a church or Orthodox church, if you want to call it that. And so, so we had less, but we had some that still maybe had some Bible knowledge, that kind of thing. So now we see the, the shift that you're saying a majority, seems like, correct, are having no, um, not only training or Bible education, but not even experiencing what maybe the, the church. Correct. Yeah. So. Well, and, and practically, so you what you've just described is, it was a generational thing. A generation ago, there was kind of a, a movement, a detachment away. Right. And now you have the children of that generation who are coming to us who have never been in church. And so, right. in some ways, it's exciting. Yeah. Because they've never heard the gospel. Right. So they're hearing the gospel for the first time when they come to Haven of Rest, which right. is which is actually a very exciting opportunity for us. Uh, so that's that's one of the positives of that. If you don't look at the as a negative in the big picture in society. Right. Um, yeah, we're not yeah. making a statement on that right. other than saying yeah. this is the reality. Yeah. And so we get to meet men right in that place. So that's been one of the other ways that the program has has uh, changed. Uh, the content is really the same, but the people coming to us are different. So the way that we present it has changed. Uh, some other things in the program that have grown over time, it, not only is it the amount of men coming to us and the content, uh, but we've also recognized that the people coming to us are increasingly alienated from positive community. Uh, a lot of times, the family structure that they were from has broken down, so they don't have a lot of support there. Uh, many times, we've mentioned this already, there's no connection to a church body. Mm-hmm. So people are largely alone or connected to very dysfunctional groups, like their friends are their drug dealer or their friends are the people they use with. And so when they come to make a change, they're really needing to start over as to establishing a healthy group of people around them. And so we've made a strong emphasis on the program, and this was a, it was always emphasized, but we expanded it a little, in that, that they have a connection to a local church body that goes beyond showing up on a Sunday. So this has been beneficial for our men and for us in this way. Not only are our men attending on Sundays, but they're also joining small groups, Bible studies, ABFs, whatever they may be. And the next step that we've asked our men to take is that from that group, in order to graduate to the next phase of the program, they need to have sought a mentor out at church. And we have guidelines for that relationship, so we have good boundaries. Um, But this is a personal connection that the men now have to church. So they're building a relationship where someone's noticing when they're not there. And they, they are getting to know people by name. Uh, the mentor is meeting with them, usually once a week or once every other week. So they're having regular connection. And so as they leave Haven of Rest when they graduate, they're now in a position where they have a new community that they can grow with, that they can have healthy relationships with, that they can start over with. 
Well, you know, Jim, as we talk about this, and that is very important, we know that the church, and we've known this for a long time, Kurt and Jim, that the church is very important in regard to, I believe, the progress of not just the men, but also the ladies, because I know the ladies are connected as well. But let's just talk back, Kurt, you talked about your father. Let's even go back a little bit further to your grandfather when the mission even opened. 1943, we, we, they were just dealing with men, mostly mm-hmm. just struggling with alcohol right. at that time. Some, as you mentioned earlier, have had some type of religious training in their background. But the complexity of what the men's division is and what your staff is dealing with uh, today, Jim, is, is a lot more than just alcohol. Let's talk a little bit about some of the complexities of some of the... Now, we, we mentioned two, but there's a lot of other addictions that might, might be grabbing a hold of some of our men and other issues, maybe some mental issues that are going on mm-hmm. in their lives as well. So it's very complex. And then also, as you address that, Jim, Kurt, you know, we the mission doesn't take government funding, so our programming is catered. So it can go anywhere from nine months to a year or plus, which is also another benefit. Yes. So we've... You know, it kind of seems like the the drugs, their popularity, if you will, which is, a, I guess, a horrible term if you think about it, mm-hmm. it comes in waves. You know, if we were to go back 10 years ago, meth was what everybody was talking about. You go back to the 90s and late 80s, it was crack cocaine. Uh, and, you know, right now we're currently in an opiate epidemic. The, the sad part about it is those other drugs don't go away. Mm-hmm. They're still on the street. There's still folks using them. They're still coming through our door. So it just adds to the complexity of the problem. So many of the men that we work with are what we would call poly drug users. They'll use whatever's available. So it might be alcohol. It might be crack cocaine. It might be methamphetamines. Uh, it, it could be opiates. Um, so, th- so there's definitely that complexity. We actually, as we're talking to men, one of the things that our goals for the men, we say, is freedom from life-controlling issues. So we want to expand that definition beyond just an addiction to a particular drug. Because sometimes men come through on the program because they have an addiction to gambling or pornography or other such issues that have grabbed a hold of their life in such a way that they can no longer function. And they, they are reaching out and saying, I need help. So we, we welcome those folks on our program as well uh, because we're understanding that the gospel has the ability to transform a life. And so as we walk with the men through that long period, it's long on purpose, nine months to a year, mm-hmm. not taking... Uh, insurance or government funding for our programs allows us that leverage to allow that transformation, that change to take root in a life, which takes time. And so we get to walk that out for an extended period of time beyond a traditional 30, 60, or 90 days. Very interesting. Now, you mentioned uh, Roots of Faith uh, class, um, but you have other uh, classes uh, as well. And uh, what I'm thinking of is the um, masculinity or the um yeah we call that the quest for authentic manhood yeah much much smoother sounding what i just said thank you (laughs) yeah just tell us a little bit about that yeah so that that's a core that that is a curriculum that was already developed that we've used on our program uh another trend that you've pointed out that that was the reason that that class was added to our program probably about three or four years ago was very rarely did a man come through where he came from a family where it was mother and father in a, a traditional kind of nuclear family. So many men had either no male figure, as an example, or they had a series of men in their life, and, and a lot of them weren't very positive role models. So the quest for authentic manhood is essentially a rediscovery of what is biblical masculinity. What is, what is it to be a man by God's standards? And so um, the, the big thrust of that is helping them discover taking responsibility 
rejecting passivity, uh, and then ultimately seeking the greater reward, the eternal reward. Uh, and so as we point men towards the gospel, as they walk through that, they're going to walk through their wounds. Uh, for many of our men, as they begin to realize what it is to walk as God would have us walk as men, it is a transformational class. When we ask men as they're leaving the program, that class is usually the class they point out to us as their favorite class while they were here because they're hearing a message that they just never received mm-hmm. anywhere else. Well, you know, Jim, Kurt, I can't believe we're just about out of time here. There's a lot more we could talk about. So, Jim, we'll definitely have you back on here uh, in the future. But as the weather's getting a little, we know that there's a little chill in the air. Uh, we know that the numbers go up. So how can we pray for you in the men's division? Well, we've talked a lot about the resident program, which is very full. Uh, the other area that that we do is emergency services. That's our client service centers. Those are our guests coming in off the street. And as the weather turns cold, we get a lot more guests um, that no longer are going to try to sleep outside. They're going to come in. They want a warm, safe, clean environment. So really, uh, in regards to that, pray for both those men that are coming in off the street, for the staff that's ministering to them, uh, and also because there's a lot of opportunities there. And then also for our program, which is very full. Uh, many times when the guest comes in, from emergency shelter, they're just wanting to get out of the cold or get a warm meal. But God uses that as an opportunity to touch their hearts. And many of those men choose to join our long-term program and God can do even greater work in their life as they submit to him and as they learn to walk with him. So really pray for both aspects of it, for our guests coming in in emergency services, our men that are on our long-term program, and then the staff that's going to be ministering to them. And I might add that you're, you're talking about the, the bridge there um, to do different programs, but many times um, a, a client actually will be, enter the resident program as well. So it's kind yes. of a, a bridge into the resident program at times. Yes, thank you for being here today. We appreciate that. I agree with you, Reverend Kaiser. We just scratched the surface, so we'll have to have Jim back again. And uh, God bless you in what you do, and we will pray for you.